Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. You may be seated. Thank you, praise and worship team this morning for leading us into the presence of the Lord. We're going to pray again here in a moment. I know that seemed like a pretty good place to stop and pray, but I'm going to pray again here in just a moment after I read the scripture. But um, I just want to just give you guys some information in case you haven't heard. First of all, um, you, you know our friend and friend of our church, Gary Lee, passed away a couple weeks ago, and the family's going to have a celebration service on Saturday the 29th at Sutherland Funeral Home. Uh, so if you'd like to come out and just love on the family, I believe it's open to the public, is it? I'm sorry. 28th, it's that Saturday. I may be wrong on the date. It's that Saturday, the last Saturday of the month. It may be, I'm sorry, Gina. It's that last Saturday, but it's at Sutherland, and it is open to the public, and visitation is at 2, and the service will be at 3. So if you'd like to come out and honor Gary and and, uh, and his family, I know that Miss Vicki and David and and um, Katie and everybody, Miss Shirley, we'd love to see you there to love on them. Also, in case you didn't hear, uh, her family's here today, but uh, Virginia Bowen went on to be with the Lord this past Thursday night, Friday morning, and I'm glad Jay, is, her, her husband, is able to be here and welcome his mom. Um, it's just a sad day, but a happy day. It's a sad day, but a happy day. It's, it's, it's just a mixed emotions. I know she's in the presence of the Lord, but her hearts are heavy because she will be missed. And there's a hole, obviously, in Jay and the children. So please be praying for them. Um, but right, right now, there's no arrangements. But just wanted to let you know because we have been praying for them. Amen. And speaking of prayer, we are still planning to have prayer tomorrow night from 6 to 7. If, if you're a regular attender, I will try to inform you if for some reason if the weather gets bad I will call off in-person prayer okay I don't want you out on the roads if this really you know we got this guy called Fred coming in uh, and we're going to be on the windy rainy side so if it's pretty bad I will I will post it on Facebook but I'll try to contact as many as you all that that come regularly but if you're not a regular tender you plan to just look at Facebook or you can reach out to me you got my number and make sure because I don't want you to come out for no reason so we just want to be careful we don't know what the weather's going to be like so just be precautionary so well on a more positive note, or, or celebratory note, just I know we've, you're probably aware of this, but this is a very special day. September the 5th, that Sunday morning at 1030 in our morning service, we're going to be rededicating uh, our facilities after Hurricane Michael. It's been almost three years since Hurricane Michael came through our area and did the damage it did to our, our community. And we hopefully, we're getting very close. If you can see, there's fewer things that need to be done that do need to be done. We're still working on cleaning things up, touching up some paint. But that's a very special day. And I'm taking time out of this service for, for you because I want you to be a part of this. Uh, I want you to be part of the celebration. We're going to have that rededication service. Brother Tommy Moore, our, our district superintendent, will be ministering and dedicating it. We'll have an open house. You can go out and see the youth building, which has been rebuilt for a while. The youth, uh, the kids' portable is in the process of being finished up. Knowing that, the third portable, which is kind of our multifunctional building, will be ready as well. And we want you guys to come out. And after we go around and we, we dedicate everything, we're going to have this room set up as a dining hall. And we're going to come back in here and have a celebratory meal. We cannot celebrate without eating. Come on. 
on, folks. We're Pentecostal, all right? We're going to be Pentecostal, and we're going to come back in here, and you're welcome. All we ask you to do, the church is going to provide the meat. We're asking you to provide the sides. So bring sides, and bring for Brother Ben, bring him. I would love for someone to bring him a five-gallon bucket of banana pudding just for him because he loves it so well. But we're going to come out, and listen, we have, there's so much things going on in the world, so many negative things, so many bad, so much bad. We need to celebrate. We don't celebrate well in churches anymore. We're going to come out and celebrate what God has done, the fact that we have this building. We still have more of this building. We have this body that comes together, that loves each other, that prays for each other. That storm didn't blow us away. And we're going to just celebrate that morning together. So I hope you will plan to be, don't let that be the Sunday you miss. Let it be the Sunday you want to be here and celebrate. This is your church home. We want you here to celebrate unless you don't feel good. Stay home. All right. All right. Also, the following Sunday, we will begin our CE in small groups. We're going to have more information about that, give you a chance to sign up for a Christian education class or a small group. What's the difference? Christian education is Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Small groups can be Wednesday night, but they're all during the week, okay? So that's the difference to give you an idea. There's plenty of things for you to be a part of. Well, you may not know this. First of all, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I hope you feel good. I hope you feel relieved. I hope you're ready for the Word of God. I hope you're hungry. Not for food, but for the Word of God. How many of y'all are hungry this morning? You really want to hear from God today. I'm honest to hear. All right. I want, you to be, I want you to be hungry today. I want you, to, want you to digest what the Lord has for us today. I think last week's message and this week's message of this whole series had been so profound for me personally. It's, it's not rocket science. It's not death. But the Word of God is not complicated. We make it complicated. It's simply the words of Jesus. Well, as you turn to Matthew 7... I thought I'd give you some information because I think with more information, we, can, we, 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 we just look more intelligent. That and a pair of glasses, all right? For every person on earth, I bet you didn't know this, for every person on earth, there are 200 million insects. So right here, think about how many, for, that's how many, for every person on this earth, there are 200 million insects. That's a lot of insects. A lot of them live right in our area. You may not know this as well, but... The, we do. I think we got majority of them here. All right. Now, you know, the problem with insects is they draw frogs. You know, how many of y'all have lots of frogs and lizards? Since the storm, there has been an influx. I don't know if they're, if they're plagues or what. But you know what comes with frogs and lizards? Snakes. How many of you have seen more snakes in your yard lately? I've seen, I, last three weeks, I've seen so many snakes that I've not yet to get to kill one. So um, maybe one day. Well, you may not know this, but this is important, especially if you plan to travel to the mountains and especially into Kentucky. It is illegal to carry ice cream in your back pocket when you're in Kentucky. So make sure you know that. Why they had to make that law in Kentucky? Makes you wonder about this people from Kentucky. Why? Anyways, let's go. All right. All right, Matthew chapter 7. Well, today we're continuing this series called This is the Way. Now, if you're not a Star Wars fan, you're probably wondering about the name of this title, but you guys that are Star Wars fans know that it comes from a series called The Mandalorian. I'm not promoting the series. I wish Disney would give me some royalties from just saying it online, um, but they don't. But I, I like The Mandalorian. I've, I've, I love Star Wars and science fiction, and I even wore my baby Yoda socks, so I wore those just for y'all to see today, to stay in tune or stay in theme to Today, but it's based on a, a warrior people. 
called the Mandalorians. And, it's, and the main character is a warrior uh, who, who has armor. You earn your armor by, by following the way. And there's certain disciplines, there's certain things that are part of the Mandalorian way. If you, and, and, when you, and, and when things didn't make sense or when they do things, they would say, this is the way. That was their, their phrase. That was their kick phrase. This is the way. Why, do, why are you doing that? Because this is the way of the Mandalorian. And, and, and to be a part of the Mandalorian meant that you had to follow in the way. It, 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 was, uh, it was a word that, they, that showed them why they do and what they do. And it's proof that you're a Mandalorian is the way that you follow in the way. You had to to be a Mandalorian. The series got me thinking about the life of Christians. It really did. I was thinking about it when that series came out and I was able to watch it. I thought, this is similar to the life of Christians. Just like the warrior is committed to following the ways of the Mandalorian, we should be committed to following the ways of Jesus. I want that to sink in for just a minute. And, and start the question now. I'm going to end with this question, and I'm going to start with it. Are you committed to the ways of Jesus? See, I'm not here casting stones or browbeating. This is, this is to edify you. This is to encourage you. This is a time that you need to stop and ask yourself that question. Are you a committed follower of Jesus? The evidence of a relationship with Jesus is how we live our lives, how we follow his ways, because this is the way. Jesus is the way. And this is the reason, this is a real concern because as I look at the landscape of our world, as I look at the landscape of our nation, as I look at the landscape of our state, as I look at the landscape of our county, our, all the way down to Bear Creek, our community here, I am very much concerned because of the condition that we are in society. We know that it's our jobs, it's our responsibilities to propagate, to, to share the Word of God, to be the love of Christ. And, and we are supposed to be out there changing. We're not, we're not thermometers. God never designed us to be thermometers. You know, the thermometer is affected by the, the temperature. It's affected by the environment. We're called to be thermostats. My wife don't like thermometers. It just reminds her of how hot she is. She loves thermostats. Because she can adjust that thermostat and get cooler if she needs to be cooler. And that's our responsibility. This is the way. And there's evidence that shows us that we're not winning the battle. We're not living in the way. The way that we openly, I'm talking about God's people here. The way that we openly sin and think God is okay with it. Now this is going to sting a little bit today. The way that we openly sin and think God is okay with our open sin. It's evident in how we treat one another and openly live with offenses and unforgiveness towards one another. We do that. The church is guilty of, of living with unforgiveness towards one another. And it ought not be this way. It's evident in how we lack compassion for those who are down and out, those who are in need. We, we look down our noses sometimes and say, well, you know what, if they just get off their backside and go get a job, that may be true, but that does not alleviate us the responsibility of helping those who are down and out. Amen. Jesus came to help those who were imprisoned, those who are poor, those who are without, those who are afflicted. He came for those people. I is and was or was and is one of those people. Come on. He came there for us to drag us out of the miry clay. We dare not look down our noses at people and think we're better than them. Oh, God cannot help the prideful. We, we, we need to remain humble. 
For you all that's in my Wednesday night Bible study class, you know what happened to Israel because they didn't seek justice. They didn't do what God had called them to do and they took from the poor to make themselves wealthy and they neglected the needs and they neglected uh, the, 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 the widows and the orphans or those who the study for that, the book of James. James is very explicit about it. that is real religion is those who take care of the needy, the down and out, the orphan and the widow. We have to get back to living by the Word of God and following the ways of Jesus. If nothing else, I want you to study the whole counsel, the whole Word of God. But if you're not a regular Bible reader, I encourage you to get into the four Gospels and, and get one that has red letters and read what Jesus said. If nothing else, if you will live by those red letters, you're going to be doing so much better. There's more in there that, that, that builds up what Jesus said or, or continues on what he said. But listen to the words of Jesus. Live by them. What the American church has done is we've abandoned discipleship. We no longer disciple people. We think we've won a victory when someone comes to the altar and they give their heart to Jesus. But the problem is they walk out of the church doors and nothing has changed in their lives because no one's there to come alongside them and discipleship them and teach them the ways of Christ. Not everybody was raised in a Christian home and knows all this. I was. I understand that. Many of you all were. But we have people who are coming into our church who, who, are, who are, are unsaved and don't have a church background. And they have no. And you know how they learn about being a Christian? By watching us. Lord, have mercy on them. You know, I tell you all the time why I don't give out bumper stickers anymore. Y'all weren't well representing this church and the body of Christ. We won't go there, all right. But we have to. We, we've exchanged the Word of God for a feel-good religion where you can live as you want with no fear of the consequences. And my friend, that is not what the Word of God tells us. We cannot sin without having consequences. There are consequences when we walk in obedience to the Word of God. We have abandoned the Word, and by doing so, we've entered, we've created what we created, weak disciples at best and a whole lot of Christian atheists. Isn't that an oxymoron? A Christian atheist? A Christian atheist is someone who, who claims to know God, who claims to know the Word of God, but doesn't live by it. That's what a Christian atheist is. But shall I remind you of something? That the, Satan knows the Word of God. Come on. He knows Jesus, but there's no way he's going to be saved because he never brought himself underneath the authority of God. You better bring yourself under the authority of God. Otherwise, you're no different than the demons and Satan because they believe. Come on, church. Come on. This is, this is a little meaty. It little hurts a little bit. It cuts, all right? I'm pouring some salt in there. But listen, I, I have the responsibility of preaching the truth to you. We, we have to get this right. Time on earth is short. If you don't, haven't heard, Jesus is coming back, and he may come back today. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm there. Hey, if he doesn't come back today, we're one day closer to him coming back tomorrow. Come on. And we have to get this right. Time is short. The clock is ticking down. We need to leave everything on the field of play. We need to be out there reaching the lost for the kingdom, but not just reaching them. Jesus said, go in the world not only to preach, but he says, make disciples. That is what the church is called to do. We have to live by the word of God. We have to obey it, and we need to be out there building disciples, not just getting people saved. Everything we need to know about God and life has 
for each of us is found in his word. We have to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus and follow him. This is the way of the disciple. Today we're going to look at a con- the conclusion there in Matthew 7 of the Sermon on the Mount. It's really probably the only sermon that Jesus really, he did a lot of teaching, but this is called the sermon because he's gathered his disciples. There's a crowd around him. If you read the story, he gathers the crowd, the crowd gathers around. He says, come up here. I preached that sermon before. He gets up on a rock and starts teaching. And the congregation of those people who are hungry, who, what's about this guy? What's different about him? They're listening as he's doing it. So this is, this is the close. And, and, and he's talking about how to be fruitful because being fruitful is the way of a disciple. And I want you to grasp this as we read. It's going to be Matthew 7, 13 through 27. I'm going to read slow. Because that's what I was taught to do. So hang on. I want you, I want you to grab you. It's not going to be on the board. I want you to be there in your Bibles. I want you to see the red letters if you have that type of Bible. And I want you to listen. This is his close. I want you to get that. This is the close of his message. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. I didn't mean to stop there, but as I look at the church, I wonder how many are really headed towards the narrow gate. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. The way is hard. The way is hard. It's not necessarily a prosperity life. It's not necessarily a life of ease. It's not necessarily a life that you get all this stuff and get to do all this through. What does he say? He says, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. You've got to work at it. And those who find it are few. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Are figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit. Everybody say good fruit. Good fruit. Can you imagine right now a piece of good fruit? I'm thinking watermelon right now. Watermelon or grapes. Good fruit. But the diseased trees tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by what? Their fruit. Our fruits. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I think that warrants me repeating that. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the ones who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And cast out demons in your name. And do many mighty works in your name. Look at all we've done. And then he will, then, then will I declare to them, Jesus saying, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity or lawlessness. Yeah. Everyone then who hears these, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. We know all about that. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. 
And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built on the sand. We understand that concept. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Father, God, I pray right now for the next few moments, Lord, that you give me the liberty to speak on your behalf. Lord, let this not be, be me. Let it be you, God. But just as importantly, Lord, God, help us. Give us ears to hear today what you are saying to the church. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to get myself off the hook here for just a minute because you all are, can be quite critical of me at times for, the, for not only the length of my services, my messages, but I have been known, according to you, to have more than one close. So how many closes on average do I usually have at the end of my message? I see a hand of three, I see three, I see five, I see two, I see five. Okay, so none of us are in unity on that, but apparently I have more than one close. But what I want you to notice is that this is the close of what we know is the only real message that Jesus... Now, we know when he descended into hell, into Hades, he preached. We, we know that. We don't know what he preached. This is really the only recorded message that he... And I like to go by what Jesus did. I think that's the best way because this is the way. And, and I want you to know that in his closing, he actually has four closings in his closing. So get off my back, people. All right, right there you see four closings in this message. He's making four closings to get his point across, but they're all tied together to make one point. He had been teaching about how to live in the kingdom now. That's what this sermon's about. You have heard it said to love your neighbor but hate your enemy. I tell you this, that you should love your enemy. He says, you know it's wrong to, to commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look upon a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. He is teaching the people, his disciples. Understand, there's a lot of people listening. But those who listened and obeyed are his disciples. And he's talking to his disciples here. And, and he's saying, now the kingdom of God is being established in your hearts. It's not a physical kingdom in the sense he didn't come to reign from Jerusalem yet. He came to be the lamb before he comes up to be the warrior or the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's saying the kingdom of God is established in your heart. And this is how you live and do life in the kingdom. There is life in the kingdom. And in here he gives us, he gives us four scenarios. He says the first one, he says pay, save people. True followers, they're going to follow the narrow path that goes through the narrow gate, and the unsaved people enter in through the wide gate. you got to get that. That's what that whole scenario is about. I mean, there's a lot more depth to it, but the overview of it, that's what it is. The second one, he talks about people who claim to be believers but are not. Wolves in sheep clothing. They claim to be believers, but they were not. And the third one he, he, he uh, is people who did great exploits for the kingdom of God. Cast out demons. Oh, look at all the great things we've done for you, Lord, Lord, Lord. So they think they are followers of Christ. Even though they're doing good works, they think that they are followers of Christ. I never knew you. I want you to, I'm painting the picture. Jesus is speaking. This is what he's saying, okay? And the fourth one is the contrast between the wise and the foolish push person and how they each respond to the words of Jesus. Okay, you, are we all on the same page? That's just four closing points. All right, now what I also want you to realize and take notes of is these four scenarios is that a failure to respond correctly to the call of God on your life, to walk in obedience to Him, has severe consequences. Okay, are you with me? Four scenarios. And now these four scenarios, if you fail 
to do what you're supposed to do, that is be in a right relationship, be a true follower, this is the way kind of person, disciple of Jesus, there are severe consequences, and there's four, okay? Uh, walking, the, uh, excuse me, uh, choosing the wide gate leads to, come on class, destruction. Following the crowd, that wide path that does not lead to God, does not lead to the cross, it does not lead to God's purpose, the works He's designed for you, the whole body of the Word of God here, okay? It's not just I claim to be, no, it's talking about walking. Stay with me, cameraman. Walking that narrow, balancing, working out my salvation daily with fear and trembling. All right? It's a narrow gap, path and it's a narrow gate, but it leads to life. But to go the other way, it leads to Destruction. In the second scenario, he says they're going to cut you down and burn you. Okay, fruit, bad trees, all right? The third one is you will be excluded from the kingdom of God. I never knew you. I never knew you. He's talking about the day of judgment. All these are talking about the day of judgment. It may happen in this life, but the day of judgment. I never knew you. Okay, and the fourth one, the collapse of the home or the life. There's consequences by not truly following the ways of Jesus. But the opposite is true as well. There are great benefits to responding appropriately, right? Appropriately to what? The ways of Jesus to his word. Walking their path, it leads to, that is done by, by following Jesus. Bearing good fruit means you're following Jesus. To, to be in a right relationship means that you are following Jesus. To build on the firm foundation is done by following the ways of Jesus because why? He is the way. This is the way of being a follower of Jesus. Now, What's interesting about fruit, because that's kind of what this is all about, only one of the scenarios really talks about fruit, but reality, walking the narrow way is about producing fruit, walking in obedience. All this is about walking in obedience, which produces fruit in your life. And One thing I've noticed about fruit is this, is when you look at a fruit tree, you do know what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it bears, does it not? Is that not, not true? I mean, there are some citrus trees that look a lot alike, because I have two of them in my yard. But I can tell the difference of the two, not just by the tag I put on them so I know which is which, but also by the fruit that they bear. Because once that fruit is produced, it identifies whether it's a kumquat or whether it's an orange tree or even a lemon tree, because they're a lot alike. So we know that. We know that. And here's the thing about fruit. Fruit is the outward evidence of the work that's done on the inside. A, a fruit tree doesn't produce. The fruit is evident on the outside, but it, the work is done on the inside of the tree. It's, all, it's almost as if that tree is so nutrient, getting nutrients and, and everything that is growing, and it's almost like it pops out fruit because there's nowhere for the fruit to grow on the inside. I know that's not, that's not correct in, in the plant world, but that, that's the image I get. It's like, boop, there it is, because why? That's what a, an orange tree should do. It should produces, produce orange, but it's an inside job as the tree matures. Now, when we are followers of Jesus and walk in obedience to his ways, there is a fruit in your life that is produced. Jesus even states in verse 20, what does he say? That people are recognized by the fruit that they, they, they bear. In other words, people will know that you and I are true followers of Christ by the fruit that we bear in our lives, by our works, by our deeds, by how we present ourselves, how we act. When we walk in obedience to the word of Christ, we bear a fruit that will identify us as followers of his. Now, don't let me lose you here. We did great exploits, but I never knew you. It's, it's, about, it's about an inward work that produces the fruit. 
Because we know from that third analogy there that you can do good fruits, do good works, but that doesn't mean you know Jesus. It's an inward, what I'm trying to say, it's an inward work. Don't judge it by the fruits. I don't want you to judge me by the fruits, but by my fruit, you're going to know what I am. I hope that makes sense to you, okay? When we walk in obedience to the word of Christ, we'll bear the fruit that will identify us as his followers. It is an outward fruit that is produced by an inward obedience to Jesus. When we humble our hearts and we submit to his ways. Now, what I find interesting is is that many times in Scripture, Jesus uses the phrase, to him who has ears, let him hear. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Or is that just me? Maybe that's just because I read the Word of God differently. I don't know. Or more often. I don't know. He often says to him, in the the seven uh, churches of Asia, he goes in there, he says all the good things that he likes. A couple of churches he didn't find anything wrong with, but five of them he found something wrong with them, and he gives them corrective measures. This is going to play with what I'm about to say. But then he says, to him who has ears, let him hear. I think that's an interesting phrase that he uses, but what we have to understand is to, the, the part that says let him hear is not just hearing an audible sound, but rather a, it's a seeking of the meaning of what is said, so that the person can have a better understanding and begin to live it. In the seven churches of ages, five of them, he says, this is what I have against you. You do this, you're going to be good. We're going to be all right. I hope you have ears to hear. And what he's trying to say is, don't, don't just listen to me. Don't just hear me, but listen with the intent to understand so that you can walk in obedience to what I'm calling you to do, see. And, and I find that, listen, some of us are great at hearing, but we really don't listen well. Now, I thought every mom and every wife in here would say, just shout me down. Some of us are great at hearing, but we don't listen. Some of you right now are hearing me, but you're not listening to me. Because I can tell. I'm watching. Let me just call it the way I see it. I prepared a nice meal for you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to not just hear this today. You need to listen. You need to listen with the intent to gain understanding so that when you hear it and listen and understand, you can act upon it because your very life may be at stake. Because the church has taught a false gospel for so many years that all it takes is for you to come and just give your heart to Jesus and you go away, walk away, living the same life you have. And guess what? When you walk away living the same life you did when you walked in, that's why you have the same problems you have, the, the same addictions you have, the same everything attitude you have. And what you're doing is you are teaching those around you who don't have a, a, a firm foundation of the word that that's what a Christian is. And that's not a Christian. That's a hypocrite. Now, it doesn't mean we walk in perfection but it means that we strive to become into the image of Jesus Christ. That means when we hear something, we hear it with intent to learn so that with it, there could come change in our lives that when we walked out, we walk out better than we came in. Then we walk out in obedience to the word of God so that we're living as Jesus would live, doing what Jesus would want us to do, and literally representing Jesus, the fruit of his death and resurrection. You are the fruit of his death and resurrection. Represent him well. A good example of not hearing and listening is Trevor. He's not in here this morning. It's probably a good thing because I'm going to throw him in the bus. Sherry started back to work this week. It's a rough week. Well, I look at the house, and the house is a mess. And I woke up one morning this week before I left the house to do ministry, go on my day, and I woke him up and said, Son, this is what I want you to do. I want you to fold all those clothes that's laying on the dining room table. Not that we're going to be eating on that table, but that's not what that table's for. Fold your clothes, put them up, leave our clothes there. We'll put them up when we come home. And then I want you to get your five pair of shoes out of the living room. It's funny. This boy lives about 
60 seconds in our living room every day. 60 seconds on average. He's usually either in the kitchen or he's in his bed. He comes in, he sits down, takes up his shoes, then he goes into the bathroom, he goes to his bedroom, he gets something to eat, and he never sits back down in the living room. But he has five pairs of shoes. And I said, I want your shoes up and put in your bedroom. Yes, sir. I walk away, go on my, my day, come back that night. He somewhat folded the clothes. He somewhat put his up, but there's five pairs of shoes in the living room. What happened? He heard me, but he wasn't listening. Because he didn't listen with the intent to understand. He said, well, I didn't hear you, Dad. Well, you said yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, you see. So Friday morning, his day off, I left him a list with details. Because if he's not going to really listen, I'm going to make sure he hears what I'm trying to tell him to do. Just because you say something doesn't mean the other person heard. And if they did hear, it doesn't mean they were listening. Are you listening this morning? I want you to listen today, church. When it comes to the Word of God, I believe sometimes we are guilty of just hearing what we want to hear. Uh, This is the Lord. I'm not trying to unload on y'all. Although I could. You're not, you're not my therapist. The Holy Spirit is. But I am yours in many times. And you lean on me. And I'm okay with that. That's part of the calling. But you've got to quit just listening to what you want to hear. We like to hear about the love of God. And we heard God speak about the love. And his love is real. You can't, you can't get away from his love. It's here. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. That was his love. He loved me 2,000 years ago, dying on the cross. That's his love. We like to hear about the promises of God. Man, I love their yes and amen. I want the promises of God. I mean, let's take a survey. How many of y'all do not want the promises of God? Raise your hand. That's what I thought. 100% wants the promises of God. We do. We like to hear about all the benefits that come from being a follower of Christ, don't we? I mean, we, and there's nothing wrong. Those are there for us. But we really don't listen to the parts that challenge us in the way we live our lives. And I can tell you right now, you, you may not be benefiting from the benefits of God. You may not be experiencing all the love that God could have for you. You may not be having all the promises performed in your life because you're not walking in that relationship with God. Do you see? The, it's not that he says, here. He says, no, here. Come on. Here. Come on. Here. You, you, want, you want my grace? Come on. Come on, it's free, but you got to follow me. You want my love? I've got more love than you can contain. My, your cup will overflow. Come on, though, you, got, you, you have to follow me. You want the blessings? You want the answers to your prayers? Come on, you keep following me because in obedience, that, that, in that sacrifice and obedience is where the promises are fulfilled. You see, it's not on the mountain, it's in the valley. It's when you're going through these, but you're going, it's not going to be easy. He said it, it's not going to be easy, right? The narrow way, the narrow path, that's a hard life, but come on, because I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You keep coming. You may walk through that shallow, the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm here with you. My rod and staff are here for you. Come on, keep coming, keep coming. All right, now I want you to stop for a while. Rest. Let's see how you've grown. Good, good. Come on, let's keep going, right? Because why? When we follow the ways of Jesus, when we follow in the obedience, it opens up the whole realm, the whole spectrum of what God wants to do in our lives. Challenges to live according to the word, to the will of God is what the word does. The parts that challenges, 
what we think and, and how we live. The evidence that someone truly listened is a response of obedience. My son didn't listen to me. How do I know? He did part of what I asked him to, but he didn't do everything I asked him to. So guess what? He was not an obedient child that day. That's tough. It's reality. So I helped him be obedient. I wrote my word down for him. Now, check it off when you get done. James chapter 1. Turn over James with me. I know the hour is getting late. If you need to get up and leave, do so quietly. I'm not dismissing you. But there's, I know some people have appointments and things. I get that. Someone might need to get word out there to Pastor Jenny that maybe another 15, 20 minutes. Break out a game. Too hot to be on the playground. Break out a game. James chapter 1, verse 19. A few of the scripture would be up here, but I backed up when I was re-studying this. Know this, my beloved brothers. So James is talking to the body of Christ. Let every person be quick to hear. Slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not produce good fruit. Anger. Therefore, because of that, put away all, listen, all your filthiness. Now that's a broad stroke, but anything that falls under filthiness, put it away. And rampant wickedness. And receive with meekness, lowliness, humility, the implanted word, implanted, which is able to save your souls. He's talking to the church here. Now, I'm not preaching a message of condemnation, church. I'm preaching a message of liberty today, okay? I want you to walk away beat up. I do want you to evaluate your life. There's liberty. There's freedom in this message today. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You deceive yourself when you hear and don't do. You think because you hear that you're doing it or you're a Christian or you're following Christ. The evidence of you following him is obedience to his word. And that's what he's saying here. But if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. How many of y'all looked in a mirror this morning? Remember what you look like? You bunch of liars. Every one of y'all looked in a mirror this morning. Combed your hair, you brushed your teeth. Come on, thank you. Are you listening? I know you're hearing me, but are you listening? Come on. Right? You forget what you look like, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks, he's talking about you reading the word and not listening is what he's talking about. You forget it because why? You didn't read it to learn it. You didn't read it to be a listener. You didn't read it to apply your life here. Okay, But the one who looks at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, But a doer who acts, or someone who obeys the word, which means you're being fruitful, bearing good fruit, he will be blessed in his doing. You want the blessings of God? You want to be blessed in everything you do? Then walk in obedience to the word of God. Don't just hear this morning. Have ears to listen, to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. It doesn't matter if you speak in tongues. If you teach a Sunday school class, if you come to church every Sunday, if you read your Bible every day, Jesus made it clear in our text today, you can do all these things in his name, but that doesn't mean he knows you. It doesn't mean he knows you. Do you live, do you, do you live your life in obedience to the entire counsel of the word of God? Do you live your life the way Jesus teaches you to live it? 
It's not about how much you do, but are you living your life in accordance to the ways of Jesus? Yes, there are fruits to being obedient, so that is what you do matters, but what's most important, are you humbling your heart to the Word of God and living out obedience? If you do, the natural production of listening and learning and walking in obedience is fruit. That's what I want you to get out of this. You can produce a false fruit that is fake, that's plastic, or it's rotten, or you can allow the Word of God to listen and do it, and it will be natural for you to produce good fruit. It comes natural. It comes natural. That's the spirit of child, the child of God. See? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who obey the Word. Now, James continues in verse 17. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, deeds, or fruit? The work of a, of a fruit tree is to produce fruit. Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed, listen. If a brother and sister is poorly clothed and lacked in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Ouch. Verse 17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, if it doesn't have deeds, if it doesn't have actions, if it's not... You're not bearing fruit. It's dead faith. I don't know if you can call it faith. Verse 26, for as the body as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Your faith is dead without obedience, without fruit. Now, turn over John 15. I'm getting there. We're almost there. No promises. I still got four closings. Actually, there's three closings. John 15. I already talked a little bit about from the Sermon on the Mount, the consequences of fruitlessness. Now, let's look at John 15. Actually, it was the consequences of bad fruit and good fruit. Now, here's the consequences of a fruitless life. John 15, 1. Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Okay? Every, that, that's where I got the idea we are the fruit Jesus bears. What kind of fruit? Are, Jesus won't bear good fruit. What what? Are we the fruit that he wants to say, hey, look what I produced, all right? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, God, the vine dresser, takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Jesus isn't talking about the lost here. He's talking about his children. He's talking about the church here. He's talking about followers, disciples, okay? He says, in him, if there is a branch in Jesus that does not produce fruit, it's cut off. But there is, if there is a vine in him that does bear fruit, he prunes. Now think about that. So, so why, uh, why, so can, why, does he, why does he prune the, the limb or the vine that's producing fruit? Because he wants to bear more fruit, see? The bottom line is fruitfulness is important to God. The fruit that you're bearing is important to God. What kind of fruit that you're bearing? We bear fruit by abiding in him, by walking in relationship with Jesus, by walking in obedience to him. When you walk in obedience to God, it can't, you can't help but produce fruit. It begins with the word. Your faith begins with the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, right? And then he, the Word became flesh. It's about the Word. It is the Word that changes our life. Now look at verse 6 through 8, and let's see what Jesus says 
is the evidence of being a disciple. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You know, maybe some of the reasons why we're not getting our prayers answered is because uh, we're not abiding in Jesus. Now, I know this is a tickled subject because, well, does that mean we don't have faith? I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying that could be one of the reasons. Some of the reasons God doesn't answer our prayers is because it's not his will to answer the prayers the way we want him to answer them. Sometimes it's because maybe we do lack faith because we're not in his word. I'm not here to say one way or another for you. I'm just asking you to, uh, to judge your own life before you have to stand before the great judge. That's all I'm asking today. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to, me, prove to be my disciples. So last week, what was the evidence or the proof of being a disciple from last week's message? Come on, what was it? Everybody know? Love, love God, love yourself, love your neighbor, love one another. And you cannot love God without loving all those other three and you cannot love all those other three without having loving God. Today, Jesus is saying, last week it was love. Today he's saying, if you are my disciple, another proof, another evidence that you are my disciples is what? Bearing fruit. And not just a fruit, but much fruit. Now I'm not talking about like fruits and nuts, like you're nutty and fruity. I'm talking about you're bearing good works. You're doing good things. You're touching lives. You're doing things for the glory of God. You're not only just touching lives, but you're walking in obedience. When he says, do not commit adultery, you're not committing adultery. You're not even thinking of a woman incorrectly. You're not lying. You're not stretching the truth. You're not gossiping or talking about your pastor at lunch and how long he preached. Or, man, that wasn't a very good message. Or, I wish you hear my heart. That, that's, that's called witchcraft over there in, in Corinthians. Gossip. Now, it's not about me. I just thought I'd give Brother Ben a break. I know y'all talk about him, too. It could be your neighbor. It could be your husband, your wife. It's even thinking these kind of thoughts, church. Come on. Do you know that, we, that a sin is never, the sin has to be conceived in your mind before you ever do it? That's why Jesus said, you've heard it said, but I'm telling you when it's in your heart. If you hate somebody, it's like murdering them. It's in your heart. It's conceived here before you ever act upon it. I have to think about having that fourth piece of pizza before I go and eat it most of the time. Sometimes it's just natural. The spirit of gluttony I'm trying to break in my life. Please. Absolutely. We bear much fruit by walking in obedience to the Word of God. But if you don't, the consequences are severe. God does not tolerate a fruitless life. I need you to hear that. He, he don't tolerate it. There are consequences to a fruitless life. Those are the words of Jesus. Destruction. Listen to him. What are they? Destruction. Cut off, burn, excluded, collapse. Those are, the, those are the words Jesus used to describe the consequences of a life that either bears bad fruit or is fruitless. It's God's will, and it brings him glory when you bear much fruit. And it's also proof that you are followers of Jesus. You recognize by the fruit that you bear. The worship team would come up real quick. I didn't go as long as I thought, but I still got three points to close with, so hang tight. Y'all go ahead and start playing lightly in the background. Don't wait for me to just to pray. Bless you.
According to these scriptures that we've read today, there are three kinds of people. Three kinds. That's, we know that God looks at, looks at humanity in several different ways. One way he looks at us, are you lost or are you found? Isn't it interesting God doesn't look at us by our national origin? He doesn't look at us by the color of our skin. He doesn't look at us necessarily by what kind of family we were raised in. He says, either you're lost or you're found. Now, that's it. But once you're found, now he looks at found people. Okay, if you, if you pr- proclaim Jesus as Lord, now he says there's only three kinds of people that profess Christ. And I don't know if two of those are really Christians, but we'll leave that between you and the Lord today. One is those who produce no fruit. Is it possible, and I'm just throwing this out there, is it possible that someone genuinely can come, give their heart to the Lord, be sincere, and I believe they're saved, and walk away, and then produce no fruit in their life that resembles that, that Christ would have them, and still be saved? I don't know. I'm letting you read the word for yourself. Everything says there's no way but I'm not God I'm not God but I think it does show that God expects you to be fruitful and then the other one is those who produce bad fruit those who profess to be Christians they're not just being fruitless but the fruit they're bearing is bad they're giving Christ a bad name a bad rap they're they're talking ugly to their kids and their spouse. And come down here where you're at. They live with unforgiveness in their heart. Maybe even bitterness which leads to hatred. Don't hang on to your bitterness. Deal with it. There's a reason why Jesus said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Deal with it. Because the longer you stoke, let it sit there and you stoke it, it's going to become bitterness and for long it's going to be hatred. Hatred's like murder. God don't permit murder. This is the word. I don't think I'm taking this out of context at all. I prayed over this. I know I can be wrong and have been wrong. But bad fruit is just as bad as no fruit. And then the third is what? Good fruit. Good fruit. And good fruit is evidence. Your good fruits is evidence that you are a follower of Christ. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. And I just want you to think, because the question for each of us today, and it has to be answered, is which are you? Is there evidence, is there fruit in your life that you are a follower of Jesus? Are you walking in obedience to Jesus? If people heard you talking, would they know that you're a Christian? If people were behind you listening to your conversation in a restaurant, at work, if your kids walked into your room and you were talking and didn't know that you, they were there, would they know by your conversation that you're a follower of Christ? Could people tell by your actions? This one's on me. Can the people going down and up and down 231 know by the way I drive that I'm a Christian? I know that sounds funny, but that's a very serious. You know my struggles with driving and stupidity of other drivers. Some drivers. 
If we could hear your thoughts today, what would we hear? If we could see your private life, would we see someone who's walking in obedience to the word of God? If we could see, if we could be a fly on the wall in your private life when nobody else is around. Walking in obedience and producing good fruit, that is the way. To him who has an ear, let him hear today. Father, I've been obedient, I feel like, to your word and the preaching, to, to, to the truth of this word, God. I feel confident today, Lord. I haven't stretched it. I haven't tried to make it say anything that you didn't say, Lord. And I pray today that everyone in here has ears to hear what you're trying to tell each one of us, God, because there's a message for every one of us wherever we are in our walk with you. Help us receive it today. God, your word tells us that you chasten, you correct, you discipline those you love. God, I think today you're trying to discipline your church. I think that's worldwide, but you're definitely disciplining our church right here. And I pray, God, today that we receive it. God, not as punishment, not as browbeating, but Lord, may we take the shame that we're feeling, the conviction of your Holy Spirit, and Lord, may we turn it into praise as we know, God, you're able and willing and right now waiting for a response for us so you can forgive us and help us. These altars are open right now. If you're here today and Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior, if you're here today and your life is bearing no fruit or bad fruit and you want to come and pray, you want someone to pray with you. I know we had an altar call earlier, but I feel like the Word of God can prick somebody else's heart that didn't respond earlier. That was, a, that was an altar call of need for healing, for answers. This is a call for repentance right now. And I'm here to tell you, if you're here right now and you need to repent, we're not going to ask you what you've done. We're not going to cast stones at you. What we want to do is pray with you. We want to agree with you. We want to help you. We want to come alongside of you and help you. Follow me as I'm following Christ, is what Paul said. That's what I want for you and each and every one of you. Oh, how I wish this building was full of the church people who call this place home today. There's your call. Will you come? Let us pray with you. Come, confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and all unrighteousness. Come on. What's the secret things in your life that only you and him know about that you know you need to confess to him today? We're not going to ask you what those are. That's between you and him, but we want to agree with you. Come on. Where are you? What kind of fruit are you bearing? How are you walking in your obedience to the word of God? How are you treating your dog? Come on. How, how are you treating the dog? How are you treating your employer? How are you treating your car? Come on, church. This is, this is a time of repentance. This is a time of letting the Lord. He already sees your heart. He's just asking will you bring it and let's, let him wash it. Because that's where the heart's washed. It's in the word. That's the word. The heart is washed to the word of God. It's what purifies us. When we compare ourselves and look in that mirror and see what we look like, do we compare to the image of Christ? If not, then there's some repentance that needs to be done. There's some work that needs to be done in your life. There's some fruit that needs to be removed from your life and some fruit produced in your life. Will you come this morning and let's just get around these altars and let's repent and let's repent and ask God to strengthen us and help us today. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.